every business must have skunk works. I'm not talking about R&D, I'm not talking about research departments, I'm not talking about any of that stuff. I'm talking about skunk works. A department where funds are just put in for them to make as many experiments and as many mistakes as they can because you need to build resilience into your business. You're listening to Big Shot Business Podcast. The what, the why, and the how of building and running a successful business on the African continent. Here's your host, Linkford Biz. Hello, I'm Linkford Biz, and this is the Big Shot Business Podcast. Welcome to this week's podcast. It's going to be quite an interesting one because um, the past few days have been also very interesting for me. Um, a couple of things happening in my personal life, which um, I really enjoyed. It's been it's been quite a journey, it's been quite a journey, and it really reminded me that we need to build resilience into our businesses, and that's what I'm going to be talking about today: building resilience into into your business. Today's episode is sponsored by Awesome Labs. For everything you need to build your own online store, do the smart thing. Visit beawesome.co.za. Awesome Labs, the web is chemistry. So. What does resilience actually mean? You know, this is a fun, funny thing that um, we have these terms that we just throw out there, throw out there. It's all this MBA jargon nonsense. But people don't even actually know what exactly it means. I couldn't really find a good definition, but I like what uh, PWC said in one of their reports. And I'm going to be reading from this document. I think I'll put a link into this document because I think every entrepreneur needs to read this document. It's called Building Resilience into Your Business Strategy an interesting thing it was done by pwc in south africa so um this is how they define resilience in this report of theirs they say resilience fundamentally refers to the ability of a system to continue to maintain its function and structure in the event of a shock resilience is thereby a characteristic of a system business and society form part of the interconnected system of humans and the environment, referred to as the social ecological system. So for them, resilience is the system maintaining its function and structure in the event of shock, right? Now, shock could be anything. It could be an economic crisis. It could be a stock market crash. It could be a burst bubble. It could be be anything, right? It could be uh, natural disasters, you know, it's many things that can be referred to as shock to your business, right? So when building this resilience, it's an interesting concept because many businesses on the African continent are still in the very early stages. And then the few that have actually made it huge, they've been around for, I don't know, years, decades even. So how do those huge businesses or businesses that are that old build in resilience if they had started without it. Because right now, I think the biggest shock for every economy across the continent has been the COVID-19 pandemic. That's the biggest shock that we have received so far, right? And particularly, um, I'm not sure about how it, it is in other countries, and I would love to hear from you, if from wherever, wherever you are, what it is like there, you know? So get on Big Shot Business Network and, you know, tell us what it's like where you are. But here where I am in South Africa, the biggest shock for most businesses has been the lockdown, especially for the for the scene industry, uh, people selling uh, alcohol or people with nightclubs and people with uh, shabins. That's what they refer to, uh, to uh, places where they sell alcohol, you know, small places around the neighborhood. 
they've received massive shock after government de- decided they would ban the sale of alcohol because this is this is according to to what the government has said here that selling alcohol is equal to stress on the medical system meaning many alcohol related injuries are overwhelming the emergency rooms and they want to set the emergency rooms up to only take care of maybe things that are totally out of control like the pandemic if somebody is in an emergency situation because of the pandemic they can then go to the emergency ward without finding it full right so they banned alcohol and by the looks of it by the looks of the results it seems to be working there're not as many injuries and as many emergencies that are coming in because of alcohol and that's a good thing right but then the challenge for most businesses is that they had not built in the resilience and going back to the definition of resilience being that it's the ability of a system and we will be using that definition because i think it's it's kind of the definition that really goes into what i'm going to be talking about so if a business is not built in uh, the ability to maintain its function in the event of a shock then that business will not survive this lockdown or will not be able to continue being profitable uh during the uh during the lockdown or during the pandemic and that becomes that becomes a problem for bigger businesses that have been running for two or three decades what then can those businesses do and this is why when i started i was saying everybody needs um skunkworks right so for lockheed martin it is their department that comes up with these crazy experiments and crazy uh, um uh product designs and crazy product ideas right and they've got a budget allocated to them it's more like their r&d but then they still have an r&d department it's just this type of r&d it has so much leeway and so much room to wiggle you know and do some of the most amazing things and i think every company should have that actually not just every company every 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 business right and when i'm saying when i'm saying business it doesn't matter whether whether it's a it's a, it's a public business or it's a private business or it's even government you need to have skunkworks because out of it has come some of the most impressive and mind boggling ideas if i can even put it that way so for those businesses that have already been running I think it's time they brought in this department because for you to be able to maintain your function and maintain your structure in times of of trouble and uncertainty like we are in right now for you to be able to maintain that you need that resilience built into your business and you need to be agile enough to adapt to what's going on on the market or what's going on around you right you need to be able to to do to adapt so that agility is 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 very important for your business to be resilient uh another thing that you you need you know this is the interesting thing because there are these terms and terms and terms from uh uh i don't know uh, maybe you guys that did mba will tell me this much better you know these terms that you guys keep coming up with resilience agility innovation these are terms nobody even knows what it means but then people abuse them and and then uh, just direct them to whatever they want to fit in within that right but anyways so besides agility right you need uh i think it's the the ability to be 
to be able to see where you're going, you know. Uh, this takes me back to control, really, because if you can't control it, it controls you. I don't know if you get what, what I'm trying to say there. If you can't control it, it controls you. So you get to a point where people are asking. I think it's it's also what most CEOs are asking themselves now. You know, um, I was going through some of the uh, some of the CEO surveys that were done by PwC, and you can tell there's this level of uncertainty. People can see their businesses crumbling under their feet. And there's this uncertainty. People can't really tell where things are going, right? And you can't maintain your structure unless you know where things are going, or at least you have some form of control of where things are going. Now, for a business that has been around, how do you build in agility into into a, uh, a business that has, let's say, been around for 25 years? How do you build in agility to to be able to adapt to any situation, right? I love the the, the example of um, I believe it's called L'Oreal. Yeah, pronunciations are not that uh, uh, that easy when it comes to these businesses. But anyways, I believe it's it was L'Oreal. When when we when when the pandemic started, they shifted their focus, and this is this is where agility is important, right? They shifted their focus quickly to producing what the market needed because they saw where where the market was going. So that foresight, that foresight into, oh, this is the direction things are going. If we need to remain relevant, right? We need to also be the source where people get the things they're looking for, right? And that's a very that's a very interesting thing that they did. And some businesses, I mean, like seriously, I remember there's, there's an example my mom once, uh, it's not really an example, but I'll use it as an example here. There's something my mom once told me, it was probably still in primary school or something. But she told me a story about a man that was walking in the desert. And everybody that he's meeting is selling a tie, you know, the, the necktie. Like, And he's like, no, this is not what I want. I want water. He's walking in the desert. He's very thirsty. All he wants is water, right? He's like, no, I don't want to buy you a tie. I want to buy water. Do you have water? And the guy's like, no, 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 no. We're only selling ties, right? And the guy keeps going and walking and walking. When he was like, okay, fine. I don't think these people understand what I'm trying to do. And I don't think anybody actually knows what water is. He's about to give up. And then he sees a city a bit in the distance, right? He's like, oh, that's a city. I should find water there, right? He's overjoyed that he has found a source of water. He gets to the city gates. There are soldiers there. And he says, I'm so thirsty. I just want to have water. And then they tell him, you can't get in without a tie. I said, but I just want water. I'm sorry, nobody gets in here without a tie. You understand? So here's a man that couldn't read the market. Uh, he couldn't read what was happening around him because he had this one thing that he thought was the most important thing, only to realize, nope, it's not, right? Now, for whatever reason that those people wanted a tie for him to get in or everybody else was just selling ties, for whatever reason it was, it, it's irrelevant. The important thing was that the man didn't read his market. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't get to the point where he asks, why is this important? And um, I think I've, I've mentioned this a couple of times over the, over the years that you need to constantly, constantly, 
us why is this important right and i think it also helps in in how to build resilience in, in, into your business look at the market and say why is this important you know look at your 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 sales process and ask why is this important why is this important most of the times you might even have the answers to it right but ask that question ask that question because it's not in the answer that you 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 build resilience it's in the question right asking the right questions will give you better answers so if you are going to read your market like what L'Oreal did when we were starting uh, when the pandemic was starting they noticed what the market would need instead of what the market would want everybody wants some nice smelling fragrance right or anything of that sort whatever other products they sell everybody would want that yes but then at a time where people are uncertain whether they will still have jobs tomorrow whether they will still have businesses tomorrow the only thing that they are concerned about is still being alive tomorrow that's that's the only thing that they're concerned about and hand sanitizers were one way scientists were saying this is this is how you can still be alive tomorrow and L'Oreal noticed that and fast paced the, the the production of um sanitizers in general so that's exactly the kind of agility that you need in your business there's also a a report that i came across by the world bank <laughs> i always find it interesting when when the world bank writes an article about africa because their biggest clients are our governments those are their biggest clients uh giving them a credit line giving them loans and all that stuff and these people will never be willing to break that system because it is very profitable to them it is family legacies that they're building with this system um i've mentioned a couple of times that money actually doesn't exist it's a created thing it's not based on anything it's just faith right it's all it's based on it's faith your faith at that right i've said that in um a number of times and this is what the world bank sells faith your faith right or our government's faith in the monetary system of the world which actually is based on nothing it's the largest fraud in the world <laughs> anyways so the world bank wrote an article um uh, about africa right where they called it building resilience in africa now for them when they were looking at resilience they were looking at it in the broader spectrum of um we have so many problems uh some that we can't really control but how do we sort of remain resilient and this is where it connects with what pwc was saying uh um or the definition that they were giving where resilience is the ability for a system to maintain its function and structure uh in the event of a shock so they were trying to say Africa must have that belt in, you know, our societies, our communities, our businesses, our governments, our cities. They must have that resilience belt in because to them, according to to to, to the World Bank, 90% of disasters on the African continent are weather or climate related. And they 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 were also saying that by 2030, uh, about 118 million uh extremely poor people on the african continent people will live at well, on less than $1.25 a day they'll be exposed to cyclones droughts floods earthquakes extreme heat and extreme weather conditions and in that case in that case those people would have very difficult lives if we don't build in resilience from the 
from the very beginning. And of course, you know, the uh, global facility for uh, disaster re- reduction and recovery, I think that's what it's called, the GFDRR, you know, uh, that part of the World Bank, they would be working with our governments to try and facilitate the credits required to build in this this resilience. And I always find it, you know, very interesting how smooth they are about, you know, coming in and giving you credit and helping you build resilience into your, your nation or your development plans, building resilience in there, knowing very well, knowing very well that they're giving you credits that will make you indebted to them for centuries. You understand? But anyways, so they come in, they're working with African governments to make sure that we build in resilience. Now, they're looking at it from a broader perspective, but I'm bringing this up because I think it's very important to businesses because of something very interesting that they say in that report. I'll, I'll put a link to this to this report as well in the podcast notes, and you can you can go through the full thing yourself and get to understand what the World Bank is saying about this. Right. So they're saying Africa is growing at a very interesting rate. Its population is growing. The rate of urbanization is growing. Even the, the evolving demographic across the continent, it brings up an opportunity because this is what they say. This is their statistic. Because 70% of Africa's urban areas and cities are yet to be built. Now imagine that. That's a very interesting thing for entrepreneurs on the continent. And I wanted to bring this up because this presents an opportunity for us to build businesses that are resilient for future cities. And not only just businesses, but actually go in and start building those cities ourselves. Well, this is an opportunity for the public and the private sector to collaborate and build resilient cities. Actually, there's a need for those cities to be well managed for them to attract private capital. If we're going to be building these resilient cities, we will also have to be building resilient businesses that will be able to survive in those cities. I'm not sure who said this, but somebody once said that a business cannot grow in a community that is not growing. And I was wondering, would a business be resilient in a community that is not resilient? I don't know what would happen, but I think that business wouldn't last that long because the community around it or the their clients are not that resilient. Therefore, the business is, is not fully meeting the needs that are available, right? And as entrepreneurs, we're always looking out for the needs, right? So that we can sort them out. That's the reason I was bringing up this statistic in that it presents an opportunity for us to build resilient cities and resilient businesses. Now, I have said that resilience needs you to be agile. Agility is very important in your business. Again, I'll put this, I'll put this report in, in the podcast notes where uh, EWC went on to, to, you know, in their report to put together, uh, I believe, seven principles that they say would help any um, organization become resilient. System principle, that's one of the points they put in there. And they explain that point by saying, recognition that capitals comprises of interconnected social and ecological uh, variables that extend beyond physical boundaries of the organizations and are shared with multiple users. Now, this is this is just their jargon. In basic sense, they're actually trying to say that when building resilience into your business, you need to understand that your business is part of an ecosystem, right? And that ecosystem is affected by the things that your business does. 
right? If you're building for scale or if you're building uh, to supply a need, you need to recognize that your business affects the ecological system there or affects how people behave or how things happen around you. So if you have, let's say, a manufacturing business, which contributes to perhaps the amount of uh, carbon output that we're, we're putting into the atmosphere, you need to understand that your business is affecting the, the environment there. You need to understand that your business is part and pass off an interconnected social and ecological uh, system, right? So when building uh, systems in place, build knowing that. And then uh, they were, they also mentioned uh, risk and adaptation principles. Now, this is where agility comes into play. And they go on, they go on, including um, the, the, the well-being principle, which is where you start looking at how happy people are at their jobs, how... Uh, how happy are your employees working for you? And this I'm bringing up because uh, as part of as part of building a, a resilient business, right? You need to make sure that your team, your team, the people that you have trusted with, making sure that your reason for existence is carried out, right? That team, you have to make sure that you have the uh, uh, people that are happy to be working there or are fully satisfied. To be, to be working there. Perhaps fully satisfied would be a stretch, but they're satisfied to be working there. And I love what is what is going on on the continent right now, where, especially in the tech space, right? If you look at West Africa and East Africa, it's very beautiful things that are happening there. There's this sense of ownership, especially in, in employees, right? Where they come into an organization, they see the vision of the organization, they understand it, they believe in it, and they've found this organization that they're saying, this organization has the same values as I do, and I'm happy to work here. And they have this sense of ownership that what they are building is almost something that, uh, it's like something that belongs to them, right? And they're building, they're building, they're building. And that level of satisfaction is something that we need to cultivate to make our businesses more resilient, right? So that well-being of, uh, um, of employees is a very important thing, right? And then we need to create a sense of collaboration, you know, those were speaking over people's heads. Otherwise, they feel like they're not being uh, they're not being heard, and then it falls back to well-being, where they are not satisfied with the with the work that they are uh, or the place that they're working at, right? And then innovation and insight. Now, this <laughs> they keep throwing these words. You know, they keep throwing these uh, MBA words. And don't be offended if you've got an MBA. It's it's not a problem. It's, a, it's actually a very good thing. I encourage education because we all have to continuously learn, right? Uh, it's just very interesting that we throw out these words, innovation, foresight. You know, it's, it's, it sounds good when you say it, but when we really come to uh, putting rubber to tar, what does it mean? Is it, no, innovation is coming up with great ideas. Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> Right. But anyways, um, so innovation and foresight was one of the principles that uh, PwC was mentioning in their in their report. Now, this is quite an old report, I believe um, uh, it was released. Okay, I'm not sure when exactly it was released, but some of the uh, parts of this report were from some documents from 2016 and things like that. And when I, when I was also looking at that, I was thinking to myself, this is something that has to change, right? We are at this point moving very slow compared to how technology is moving. I think for some extent, we are unable to adapt fast enough 
about technology is moving and technology is moving very fast right um i remember it was ray caswell that came up with um a graph that showed how exponential technology would move i believe or they had put it be had pegged it for for 2045 i think i believe technology has already surpassed some of his predictions because of how fast it's moving and that's that's why i don't know if it's if it's only me but i believe there's a sense of uh um, left behindness you know there's there's that sense in the atmosphere that you cannot you cannot grasp everything that is going on at the same time right and news is happening fast events are happening fast and it's mostly because we are now more connected than we used to be and we're getting even more connected by the day right so when things are happening somewhere else we keep quickly get to to know about them but only if we go to the places where that information is found which is now at most it's social media right and you can be everywhere on social media at the same time no matter how many tabs you open on on your uh, on your browser you you cannot be everywhere at the same time you can only view something uh, you can only view one thing at a time right so our speed of adaptation has really slowed down now innovation is good right but also having foresight as i was saying earlier on that you need you need agility and foresight and being able to predict or see perceive what discern yeah that's the word i was actually looking for being able to discern what the market will be tomorrow based on the information you have now or based on i don't know perhaps your your gut you know that feeling you get mm, i think this market is going to go this way right it's a gamble it's a gamble it's a very interesting gamble but our markets are changing so fast most of the times we are not even able to adopt have you heard about big shark business network it's the place to be for african entrepreneurs business owners and professionals just like you join millions of fellow entrepreneurs today by visiting likeabigshot.com big shark business network connect share grow when we when you're building a resilient business one fundamental question also would be where do you want to be as a business do you want to be the business that is controlled or led by customers or the business that leads customers right in the beginning i'll give an example facebook in the beginning facebook was customer led right people were saying we like this we like this we like this the more they used a particular feature the more popular it became and facebook was looking at that thinking oh newsfeed is very popular all right cool let's 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 make it look better let's make it more responsive let's make it right and they were improving on the things that people like they introduce a feature people don't like it they take it away they were being led by their users now over the years facebook is shifting towards leading users you get it where uh, even mark zuckerberg has said it in a couple of interviews that they want to be the company that decides what technologies people use next found that very interesting and this is when i think it was uh, 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 sometime last year when people were calling for the you know uh, breaking down of of facebook and you know 
uh, have Instagram as its own company and WhatsApp as its own company and all that. I don't know how far that went, but it was very interesting when it came out. Mark was really saying all he's actually trying to do is make sure that Facebook becomes the company that decides what technologies people use next. And that was why they bought WhatsApp. That was why they bought Instagram. Now, when building resilience into your business, you need to you need to choose. I can particularly choose, so I took both options where I follow my clients and listen to what they want and supply that. But at the same time, I look at my clients and think, what is the thing that my client will want next year? What is the thing that my clients will want the year after that? And I start looking at those things and this is where Skunkworks comes into play because you need Skunkworks. You need to say, hey guys, why? what do you think people will be interested in in 2022? And then they go out and say, I think people will be interested in this. I think people will be interested. And then you're like, okay, cool. Your idea, you run it, right? And you give them the leeway to to, to run and, you know, uh, um, pursue the ideas that they have and what they think uh, people will need in in the next year, right? Or in the next five years, in the next 10 years, right? And that will give you, will give you that ability to say, we've satisfied our clients, but other than satisfying our clients, we have also directed them into uh, perhaps a better way of, of living, of, you know, by creating a better service, you know. Um, I can't wait for the day where Africa actually has its own phone, its own operating systems, it's on tech and we're not we're not dependent on on um, and this is, this, is, this goes back and forth there eh? where remember back back when trump was president and you were saying uh huawei is spying on american government uh using its technologies but then most people use american technologies but nobody is saying america is spying on us using their technologies which is probably it's probably true that they are spying using america using their technologies it's probably true because south african president Cyril Ramaphosa himself uses an ipad it has shown up a couple of times in videos right and i'm not sure how far this can go but i would suspect apple can search for a user named such and such a person right now I don't know the intricacies of the security protocols that are put in place for devices that are being used by the president. But anyways, for the fact that it's an American device, I would suspect they're spying. The reason I'm saying that is because this is, these are the same principles the United States has used to protect themselves. I remember, uh, um, I think it was uh, Donald Rumsfeld. Yeah, I believe that's, yeah, it was Donald Rumsfeld. When he was saying, America had to it had to be to protect itself by being stronger. Right? That's peace through strength. That that's what he was talking about. So America became the largest and the most or had the most so to speak, powerful military, which would act as a deterrent. They had the most powerful weapons, the most advanced weapons, which acts as a deterrent, right? Now, what does Africa have that could act as a deterrent in that, in that perspective? 
what does Africa have that would act as a deterrent on on the economic uh, spectrum, and on the business spectrum, on on the social spectrum, or on a military spectrum? What is it that Africa has or owns? Let me let me be very specific. Owns that could be a deterrent, which is why we need to start building in that resilience, building in that ability to to still be functional after a shock, because. Over the next few years, climate is a, is a, is a big challenge and, and, and there are so many players that are talking about it now. It's going to be a big challenge, especially for Africa, because the, the largest, uh, uh, I don't even like using this term, the largest poor population in the world is on the continent. The largest underdevelopment across the world is on the continent. This presents us with unlimited opportunities. And that's why I keep saying capital cannot be the problem. It cannot be the problem. Capital cannot be the reason we're, we're not developing. And our governments needs, need to understand that. And entrepreneurs across the continent need to understand that. So let's start making meaningful partnerships to, to overcome that, that hurdle and develop the continent to build in the resilience that uh, uh, the next five years will require, the next 10 years will require, right? Build that in starting today, right? And it's a good thing. It's a good thing that there are, there, are, there are, you know, companies that are interested in this, like maybe PwC. It's a good thing. They should continue with it. Even when, even when you start seeing the World Banks trying to connive uh, and maneuver their way into a position, right, or, 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 or putting placards everywhere saying, we are the people that will help you with your problem. Whenever you see that, you know, the opportunity there is huge. So when they say 70% of African cities and urban areas have not been built yet, that gives us the opportunity to go in and build, right? And don't stop because of capital. Capital is not the problem. The problem is will, political will and commitment. That's what the problem is. So we need to go in and start building it and build resilient businesses from scratch. Because another thing that I've, I've noticed over um, over the past, uh, over the past years, actually, is that the younger generations that are that are coming in, they're looking at what we find is wow, like amazing things that we 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 we, we have managed to accomplish. They're looking at those things, saying, "Oh, this is how the world how the world should work," because it's obviously better, right? And we are still being wowed by it. So. These younger generations that are coming in, and Africa has the largest population of them, they're expecting businesses to be um, uh, key players in the community, right? To be key players in the nation, to be key players on the continent, right? Responsible for the development of the continent, right? And responsible to lead. You see, they want, they want businesses to be leaders, in both the development of the continent and solving global challenges. They're expecting businesses to do that. They're not expecting it from government, they're expecting it from business. Imagine that. And these are the generations that are going to be our clients in the next two, three, four, five years, right? And we need to, that's that's why I was saying, in, in building resilience into my business, I have gone both ways. Having one side listening to, to, to what clients want, right and having another side leading clients to something better an improvement of some sort right driving culture so to speak 
you know when 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 the when the iPhone came out it wasn't necessarily because people wanted it it wasn't necessarily because there was a need for an iPhone but it was leading a market it was amazing and everyone loved it people still love it today right and that's a beautiful thing we need to build those those things into our businesses where you're hearing what your clients want and you provide that but at the same time you're creating something that they should want when you introduce it and say you should be here right they'll really look at it and say yes i should be there right and that way we will maintain the functionality of the business and we will maintain the 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 structure of the business right what what do i even refer to when i say structure of the business right there's so many moving parts in 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 a, in a business right well oiled businesses they have a perfectly working sales department they have a perfectly working accounts department they have a perfectly working management structure they have a perfectly working uh hr department they have a perfectly working employment uh or team or in that way right now when i say perfectly working it's within the it's within margin errors because nothing can actually be fully perfect but anyways all these things are well oiled they're working well right if sales doesn't work your organization goes down if accounts doesn't work the whole organization goes down if the team doesn't work the whole organization goes down if the management doesn't work your organization goes down you see so everybody has their role their position the hierarchies that come with it and their responsibilities that's why i was saying collaboration is very important so that it's a complete circle information goes around it doesn't go over other people's heads of course there's some things you can tell your employees was uh, it's not useful information for them right but it's very important for you to have at least a level of collaboration in your organization that will allow information to travel smoothly in doing all of that you would have positioned your company or your business to be resilient uh, for the coming economy because you are a well-oiled machine and agile enough change adapt right and pivot sometimes understand so agility is a very important thing and i hope i've expressed it enough but major takeaways here would be that one you need skunk works you need a department that just runs ideas and tries as many experiments as they can might be asking linkford but where where will i find the 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 money to do this remember this capital is never the problem right? capital is never the problem get your ideas get your team and you can even do this as a contest right say hey guys look we need to be here in 10 years or in 20 years or in 50 years right but for us to be able to do that we need to know what's next we need to have foresight as to what's next and the best way to know what will happen next is to make it happen so far that's it that has been the best way of knowing right make it happen you see don't wait for for somebody else because you never know what they will do but if you are the one that's doing it that is doing it just make it happen you know i remember uh, uh, the movie imagine call where one of the characters says you can either be first best or cheat now i don't cheat 
and currently not the best. So I'd rather be first. I found that very interesting because somebody else could be like, well, I wasn't first, so I have to be best because I can't cheat. And somebody else would be like, can't be first, can't be best, gotta cheat. It happens, right? And I'm not encouraging cheating here, but it happens. It happens, you see. So you have to put yourself in a position where you can choose between these two, be first or be best. Somebody else produces a device, make it better. Somebody else hasn't seen a particular market, go be first. And know very well that once you're first, somebody's gonna try and be best. You can take example from Netflix. They went and became first and then they realized, oh snap, Amazon can also do what we're doing. Oh snap, Hulu can also do what we're doing. Oh snap, Disney now is doing what we're doing. You understand? And then they realized, oh, okay, cool. We don't have to just be first. We also have to be best, right? And then they innovated, started bringing in original content and all that. Let your skunk works find your next. You understand? It doesn't have to be uh, fortune to, to 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 start it, but have you can even you can even have a skunk works day if you want, right? A day where you just bring in as crazy ideas as possible and see what you can implement. Because you have to be resilient. You have to you have to build in the resilience. I've I've always encouraged. Um, imagining things imagine the situation your brain does not know the difference between an imagined situation and a real situation so imagine the situation and ask yourself if this happened what would i do if that happened what would i do if i were in this position what would i do imagine that and put those solutions in place to shield your your, your organization you have to build that resilience you see let that resilience push you when you don't when you don't feel like it when you when you when you're tired of all the bombarding of all the attacks, all the uncertainties and uh, uh, unbelievable crises that just happen in the economy and in the marketplace, when you're tired of all that, let the resilience of your business be the thing that wakes you up in the morning and say, hey, we're prepared for this. Hey, wake up. We are the only ones that are left that can still do this. Hey, wake up. We're not just the first, we're best. Hey, wake up. You understand? So let that resilience uh, be the one that builds your business or be the one that even encourages you to wake up in the morning, regardless of the bombardment that is happening on the marketplace, regardless of the challenges and the idols that you have to jump over and the hardship in the marketplace. Let your business be resilient. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Remember to subscribe, review and share this podcast. Be sure to join millions of fellow entrepreneurs at Big Shot Business Network. For this week's show notes, visit likeabigshot.com slash podcast. Until next week, this has been the Big Shot Business Podcast.